0: Hello, regular Drews. Hello, welcome to episode number 14. Nancy Drew files case number 39, suspect next door.
1: Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew?
0: We sure hope so. And we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to regular Nancy Drew. What's your first impression of the suspect next door, Corey? It was so dramatic.
1: It was very dramatic. I have an issue with the uh, the synopsis on the back of the, the book here. Oh, I didn't even read this. Do you have the same copy? Yeah, I think so. On the back here, we talk about how, you know, we're investigating because Nikki Masters' boyfriend gets murdered and she gets framed for it. So Nancy's trying to clear her name. But the murder doesn't actually happen until, like, the climax <laughs> of the story. I just feel like it was a huge spoiler on the back That's of the book true. That's if a you're great gonna spoil point. it, it needs to happen in like chapter two or three, not chapter
0: ten of 17. That's so interesting. I I read the synopsis, but like way before I started reading the book. And so I totally forgotten that they mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised still when the murder happened. So that's I guess good for me. But yeah, yeah. that's a great point. Great point.
1: I when I was taking notes, I didn't even like. Bothered to write his name down at first because like, oh he's about to get murdered anyway so his name's <laughs> not really that important turns out it is <laughs> he's
0: about to get murdered so his name is not important which is Wouldn't we don't make to, his like, name extra important <laughs> like we don't
1: have to remember him as a suspect or anything I guess it does uh, make it extra important for, for the relevance but I was just like oh yeah the boyfriend whatever the boyfriend. not putting boyfriend. his actual name but
0: well I loved 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 this book
1: oh it was really good
0: so much and i think that i've just come to the conclusion that i am just obsessed with any nancy drew book that takes place in river heights it's fair yeah i just love i just love the setting i just love it so so much in the way everybody knows nancy i love it
1: oh yeah we got a lot of good moments like that in this book
0: so many so many, so I'm very excited to talk about it. So three words. Three
1: words. Um theft? Mm-hmm. Or burglary. Mm-hmm. Burglary, I guess.
0: Teenagers. A lot of teenagers. I guess Nancy herself is a teenager, but like a lot more teenagers in this book. High schoolers, yeah. Yeah, I guess high schoolers, yeah. We'll that. Theft high schoolers. Oh gosh. Fashion? Yeah, fashion. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about fashion in
1: this book. Um, Hot guys, because every man in this book is attractive, and we're
0: made mm, sure that we know it. Oh no, no! One of our words has to be like sexy or like yes, <laughs> like steamy, steamy, steamy. There we go. There we go. It'll, go. It'll be <laughs> steamy. It'll be stealing high schoolers. Steamy. There we go. Because wow, we. Wow we this book is sizzling hot scandalous the hottest Nancy Drew book that's ever been written I'm calling it right now
1: oh well I hope that there's not one more than this because that's I
0: know this one came very close to like verging on in a probes, you right. know yeah <laughs> but I loved it <laughs> I loved it I am a romance novel fan though so that's probably why I was like give me more yeah. Give me more. But
1: I guess we should jump in because right away we right away. part of it's a scandalous scene.
0: <laughs> the sexiest, steamiest opener. Ned and Nancy <laughs> are like making like making out. Like, like full on. Like full on making out in a park. In a park. Like just out in the open in a park. Like <laughs> I mean, and like it's one thing to be like, okay, they're making out, but like the description of them making out is, like, super <laughs> intense. I Like, ripple of delight is uttered. Like, long lingering kiss. <laughs> breath on her ear. Like, leaning against each other. Nuzzling. Like, there's, like, a lot going on in this opener. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But anyway... <laughs> They're um they're engaged in a round of serious necking and we kind of get some description it's the end of the summer um it's Ned and Nancy's anniversary in a couple days and Ned is going to have to go back to school soon again no mention of what Nancy is going to be doing after the close of summer that's nope. just totally ignored but Ned is going back to school and so they are going to be apart um, and so I guess that's why they're this hot and heavy is because they are anticipating the distance that will be between them soon. Makes sense. Um, but so they're they're in the park and then they see across the way um, Nikki, who is Nancy's teenage 16-year-old next door neighbor, walking with her boyfriend. And they seem to be fine holding hands or whatever. But then like suddenly they get into like this argument mm-hmm. and Nikki storms off hops in her car and leaves her boyfriend there. Mm-hmm. I think there's like some specific, I don't know if they actually hear them arguing. I think they're too far away but it mm-hmm. um,
1: it just looks like she's trying to, to leave and he's like, no wait, come back right. kind of thing. But then she does leave. Right.
0: But, you know, we move on. The next day, we are at the mall with Bess and George and Nancy, of course, and we're just shopping, just doing some normal everyday shopping, and they just uh, go into this store. Bess drags them into this store called Vanities, which is this really fancy, very expensive store, stocks a lot of designer goods, that kind of thing. There is this like gorgeous dress in the window that Bess has to try on, even though she knows she can't afford it. She just has to try it on. So she asked the sales girl, hey, uh, do you have this dress in a size seven? We're going to talk about that later too. Yeah, I have a lot to say. this one. a lot to say. And she's like, um, yeah, let me go check the back right Mm. nancy is browsing around the store at the same time too and she's looking at their jewelry they have a lot of jade or not jade turquoise right turquoise jewelry turquoise jewelry in the store and she's like looking at it and she looks on the back and she notices a jeweler jeweler's mark that is a z that's Mm. going to be important later yeah keep that in mind keep that in mind Um, And then the sales lady comes back out and says, oh, I'm so sorry, You know, we don't have the dress in that size. And Beth asks about the one on the mannequin, but that one's too small. But the manager, or not the manager, the owner comes Mm. over and is like, wait, what do you mean we don't have a dress in that size? We just got a shipment of those dresses in yesterday. Have any been sold? And she texts, and no, none of those dresses have been sold. Mm. And so she goes, you know what this means? vanities has been robbed again. Again, yeah. Dun, dun, dun.
1: <laughs> Nancy goes over and introduces herself and they're like, wait, you're the Nancy Drew <laughs> the investigator? And she offices her services to the owner to help them figure out what's going on with these robberies. And the owner, of course, accepts right away. The police have already been involved and essentially think that it must be an inside job and that there's not really much they they can do. So the owner doesn't see any point in calling the police at this point. She thinks Nancy would be much better equipped to solve the mystery for her. Also, they're
0: having some insurance
1: problems with the insurance company. The insurance company is not very willing to to cover this loss.
0: Right, right. And the owner even says, she's like, you know, I have two other stores. Like, I I don't have the time to, like, stay here and like monitor these employees like super closely. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah, that's what she hires Nancy on to do or hires. We don't actually discuss whether or not Nancy's like on commission for this or like how exactly if she's being paid at all just seems kind of like. Seems like no. Seems like <laughs> no. But that obviously that's not Nancy's concern. Nancy just, you know, wants to catch the bad guys. Mm hmm. Um, so she introduces Nancy to some of the staff there. She introduces her to the manager, Trisha Hayes, who is new to River Heights. And there's kind of like an awkward moment between her and Nancy where she's like, oh, yeah, how do you like River Heights? And she's like, mm, I don't. It's a small town. It's awful here. And Nancy's like, oh, OK, sorry. <laughs> the the owner, Kate, is like, oh, she's new to River Heights. Sorry, she does, she's never heard of you. Sorry, Nancy. Yeah. She doesn't know who you are. That's the most hilarious. Everyone else in River Heights does know who Nancy is. Don't worry about it. But Nancy just kind of chuckles. But then we go back to another Ned and Nancy scene. Nancy like says she'll come back later, essentially. Mm-hmm. And we are in another Ned and Nancy date night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she's telling Ned about her new case. I can't. <laughs> I just can't move on without remarking. I'm just going to read it because yes, please do. Please do. Because I mean it's just such an iconic I mean I okay, hold on. <laughs> so she's talking about the the mystery and Ned's like, "Oh yeah, just let me know where I can help or whatever." This is what Ned says. He says, "Did I hear you say help? Sergeant Nickerson of the Yukon at your service, ma'am." <laughs> he paused to salute. "When do I start?" I'll let you know, Nancy answered. But it's nice to know my Mountie is still available. Ah! <laughs> Nancy! Oh my god! <laughs> well, now we know the kind of role-playing that Ned <laughs> and Nancy get up to. It is very Royal Canadian Mounted <laughs> Police. Um. Wow. Wow! She even makes a crack about it later in the book. Like, it's Apparently, this is just like some running gag between them. It is hilarious. Oh man! Anyway, I just I just had to tell you all that because it's just too too good. But so they're talking about Vampy's. They decide to go get pizza, um, but the pizza place is really crowded. So they decide to take the pizza back to Nancy's porch and they eat it on the porch very romantically. Mm-hmm. But while they're sitting on the porch, they see um, Nancy's neighbor Nikki pull up. With her boyfriend. And she basically like jumps out of the car. And they get into an argument like immediately. Mm-hmm. He's like, Nikki, wait, don't go. And he's like trying to convince her to take something. Mm-hmm. Um, he just says like, please take it. You have to take it. Take this thing. And Nikki's like, let me go. Like, leave me alone. I can't do this anymore. And then he says, do you you don't even care about me. Would you? you, wouldn't even care if I died. And Nikki says, stop trying to make me feel guilty. Leave me alone. If you don't leave me alone, I just might kill you myself. <gasps> da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, she slams the door and goes inside and Ned and Nancy are like, Oh gosh, like that was dramatic. But Ned's like, don't, don't bother her. Nancy, it's just young love. There's nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. But Nancy just kind of just, Keeps that in the back of her mind as yep. something to keep tabs on and potentially check in with Nikki about later. Mm-hmm. Even though Ned tries to, like, dissuade her. But, yeah. Then we have a, a cutscene.
1: There's a lot of cutscenes. We'll just... yeah. Next paragraph will just be a a whole different scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Nancy goes back to Vanities and she's going to look around a little bit, see what she can find out. Um, She does interview the employees there at Vanities. We have Charlene and her boyfriend, Tony. And then there's also Max and, of course, the store manager, Tricia. Is that everybody?
0: Yes. um, Yeah, it is. But we also learn that Trisha tells her a little bit about the store and the security of the store. We learn that there's an alarm system, there's video cameras, electronic locks, and there are codes on the front and the back door that she changes every week. Right. So this just kind of confirms that. Well, there's, there's who, how could this have happened? It has to be somebody who knows the codes, but mm-hmm. only Trisha and the owner, Kate Hayes, know these codes and they are there every day to open the store.
1: Right. So Nancy decides it must be multiple people working together on this, that one person alone could not have carried out these
0: robberies. Right. Right. Trisha lets Nancy use her office to interview the staff. Like, okay, so Tony, one of the employees, oh, Tony won't let Charlene talk to Nancy on her own. Yeah, Tony's
1: really scary.
0: Tony is a scary dude. And he also says that he thinks Kate, the owner, is running some kind of insurance scam. um, Mm -hmm. And that she's the one who's responsible for these quote unquote thefts just to um, pull one over on her insurance. Yeah, and then we also meet, yeah, Max, like you said, and he's the stock boy there. But he Mm. says that he's very handsome, apparently. Nancy goes on and on about how he's, like, built. (laughs) Anyway. This goes on for, like,
1: a while,
0: her remarking on his appearance.
1: Just everyone, every man that Nancy meets in this, (laughs) it's like, Nancy observed that he was so handsome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So true. (laughs) Um, But he's a stock boy there. And he says that all he does is unload the boxes. He never opens them and looks and sees what's inside. And Nancy's like, that's super weird. The whole job of a stock person is to like. Unstock the boxes. (laughs) Unstock the boxes and like inventory the items. Like that's that's the purpose. But he, he says he doesn't
1: do that. He says this is his excuse for like why he wouldn't have access to the merchandise to steal it. I don't, I don't open the boxes. So I can't be the one that opened the boxes and
0: stole the stuff. I think he's just trying to like deny all knowledge because she asked him something about like, when did you see this? Like she's trying to like nail down, like when like a robbery Mm -hmm. happened. And he's like, I've never seen any of it. She's like, (laughs) I don't even work here. What are you talking about? Yeah, That doesn't seem super likely, but whatever. She doesn't push anybody on anything at this Mm -hmm. point. I
1: think this is when Nancy goes home and sees Mm -hmm. Nikki at her house upset. Um, She's got this really fancy necklace in her hand that Nancy recognizes as being really similar to the ones on sale at Vanity's.
0: She tells her that it's a gift from her boyfriend, Dan Taylor, um, and that Dan is just having a lot of problems right now. And Nikki doesn't know how to help him. And she's tried to break up with him, but he doesn't want to, which (laughs) is confusing to me, but... She's really young and Dan's a little bit older. She's 16 and he's 19. And he just like really wanted her to have this necklace. And Nikki now thinks because of all this trouble or whatever, she thinks that Dan stole this necklace and was trying to give it to her to hold on to. Mm -hmm. She gives Nancy a little bit more detail about their relationship. Like he had just moved to River Heights when they had met. That He's very attractive also. Another attractive (laughs) man. And... Jeremy, one of her friends, they were at this party together and Jeremy called Dan a compulsive liar. And he said that Dan had lied about knowing him and his family, because the Pratts are like these really wealthy people, apparently, Mm -hmm. had said that he knew the Pratts to get a job. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Jeremy hates Dan off the bat. And really nobody likes Dan. We're getting the vibes that just Mm -hmm. like everybody thinks Dan is just... an awful person. And they're so confused about why Nikki would be going out with him at all. Mm-hmm. But so Nikki asks Dan about this, confronts him about, you know, what Jeremy said. And he basically like gets really defensive or whatever. And then Nikki starts to realize all this other stuff that he told her about, like all these trips he had taken and how successful he's been could probably also be
1: lies. Right. He asked Nancy to take the necklace to, to right. look into it some more.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she does say that she loves him and she just wants, you know, him to be okay and is really worried about him and doesn't know what to do. No. So it's sad. It's sad. So young to be in that situation, mm-hmm.
1: 16 years old, just really young to be dealing with such, such difficult circumstances.
0: Mm-hmm. He did. So he did also send a letter with the necklace that I I would like to read this because Nancy says something very specific about it. So Nikki, this necklace reminded me of you. Soon our troubles will be over and you'll have lots more gifts. But remember, my life is my gift to you. Please don't break up with me, Nikki. Without you, my life is over. Yours forever, Dan. And then says, a cold shiver made its way up Nancy's spine. Nikki, she said softly, if I were you, I'd break it off with Dan. The sooner the better.
1: Mm.
0: Creepy. Uh,
1: She's got an intuition about this.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she goes back to the store and she shows Trisha the necklace and says, like, hey, have you ever seen this? It looks really similar or whatever to the stuff. And Trisha's like, no, that's that that is not what we stock here. We only stock really fine jewelry, and that's not we don't sell that garbage here. Right, right. <laughs> Oh, this is where Trisha makes the crack about River Heights. And Nancy is like offended on <laughs> behalf of her town. Yes, But so Trisha also gives her the code to the door and shows her all the employee records. And basically by looking at them, Nancy is like, there's no way to tell when these items have been stolen. Like there's just a list of stock. And that at a certain point, Trisha had written next to the stock that had been stolen, but like mm-hmm. there's no dates or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Also, she's found from the employee records that Trisha's the longest term employee, and she's only been there six months. Um, but apparently she has great references from Colorado. Um, she looks at the other employees also. And Max and Tony both have terrible references. Like Max's is like that he's like always late or something. And Tony's is like he is like aggressive with other employees or something really bad. <laughs> not surprising (laughs) but apparently kate still hired these people which is bizarre charlene is new she doesn't have any references she looks seems like this is probably her first job right so she's just inexperienced but the other two it's like why would you hire these people kate trisha had earlier like (laughs) remarked on the fact that kate is like a bad judge of character and so Uh, yeah we're kind of wondering like "Hmm, what's what's going on with that we did also see that Dan Taylor previously worked at Vanities but like before the robberies had happened he right. had left prior to any of these thefts. So it seems and and with the um the fact that the codes on the door changed weekly doesn't seem likely that he could have been involved in the string of thefts right. because how would he have been able to get into the store? Things just aren't adding up. Yeah, it the should be. Yeah. It's curious. It's a curious case. Hmm. So there's nothing Nancy, more Nancy can do. The store is closed, so she goes to the movies with Beth and George. <laughs> Yay, movie night! But then we see the entire staff
1: of Vanities when we arrive there.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Max and Charlene are there together, which is interesting. Or no, mm-hmm. are they there together? They're they're just there separately. But they're there. At the I same heard time. it as them
1: being there together, but I maybe, did too. Yeah, <laughs> whatever.
0: Trisha is also there, and she is coming of a movie with a guy in a cowboy hat. Ooh, scandalous. Trisha mm-hmm. on a date. Mm-hmm. And she kind of tries to, like, avoid Nancy. She sees her, and then she kind of, like, walks the other way. And so Nancy's like, hmm, interesting, interesting. Oh, yeah. And so after the movie, she comes back to her house. And when she is going up to her door, she sees someone in the bushes next to Nikki's house. They flee, they kind of run out, and she sees that it's Dan Taylor, her boyfriend, mm-hmm. who jumps in his car and like flees. And so Nancy follows him. And of she, she does. yeah, and follows him to the arcade where he goes in and then comes back out, and Max beats him up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Nancy's like really torn. She's like, oh gosh, do I like jump in and, like, interfere to, like, stop this or whatever. But he pulls back, I guess. And mm-hmm. at that point, Nancy approaches. Dan is like, hey, who are you? What do you want? And basically, Nancy's like, well, I saw you at Nikki's house. And he's like, you followed me here. And he, he's like, well, whatever. I'm not going to talk to you. And basically just, like, waits to do anything until she leaves. Right. Once she does start to leave, he goes back into the arcade. <laughs> right. Right. Which is like, oh, the guy who just beat you up is in there. Maybe you should just not do that. But Nancy can't get any more information out of him. She she tells Nikki. Mm, yeah, she comes she back. Goes back
1: home. She tells Nikki that he got beat up, but leaves out the part about him like prowling around her house and who he got beat up by and all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, I think so. I think Nikki knows that he was prowling around her house because she tells Nancy that Dan like kept trying to get Nikki to let him in earlier. He was like banging on the door and be like, let me in, let me in. Her parents weren't home. Oh, that's right. And so she just ignored him and didn't answer the door. And so she knew he was there. Um, and I guess he was trying to find a way into the house, which is terrifying, mm-hmm. by the way. But he doesn't get it and he ends up running off when Nancy drives up. But yeah, so she also doesn't tell Nikki about the thefts and vanities or like anything that she suspects Dan might be involved in. Right. Because she doesn't have proof, which is fair enough. But Nick- and Nikki is also like really upset at this point, which is fair. Her boyfriend is trying to like force his way into her house. She terrifying. should be
1: terrified. Ex-boyfriend right. at this point probably. Well, kind terrifying. of,
0: but she's... sort of breaking up. She has unsuccessfully broken up with. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and then she gets another call from Trisha saying so this is the next
0: morning. Oh, this sorry, the next morning. No, 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 no. I was just gonna say she goes to bed, and then the next morning she gets the call. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, well, she gets
1: the call from Trisha saying that there's been a huge robbery this time, and she needs to get down to Vanities right away.
0: Mm-hmm. And Nancy just like kicks herself for not staking out the store that night. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I could have, I could have solved this case night one. Had I done (laughs) the
1: stakeout? Well, she also gets like a little bit of sass from Trisha, and it's like, "Well, Nancy, you were being lazy and slacking off and going to the movies last night. I saw you there, and you should have been working." And Kate's gonna be so mad at you.
0: (laughs) Like, Kate's not her boss. She's not even getting paid for this. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, she's not getting paid. Like, we don't. I mean, we don't know. To be fair, we they don't really talk about it. Um, But Nancy like feels kind of bad about it too, and she just kind of was like, "Oh, you're right, Trisha." like that come on nancy thanks trisha need some some spunk at this point but she also makes a point to say that she's trying not to get into an argument with trisha right now Mm -hmm. because she doesn't want to obviously make her angry because she's a suspect right um so she's at the store um and apparently and we find out that um a lot of different clothes have been stolen some really expensive some designer clothes which i looked up is not a real (laughs) designer I was like, who is that? No, nobody. Not real. Um, And also all of the turquoise jewelry in the store. Mm -hmm. All of it has been stolen. And so she overhears Kate on the phone with the insurance company in the office. And they do not want to reimburse her for this theft.
1: Mm -hmm. Basically,
0: they don't believe her that these things have been stolen. And they actually even threaten to drop her policy. So it doesn't really seem like it's likely that insurance fraud could be going on because if it is, it's at least not succeeding.
1: Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they kill if there's even one more robbery then she's done for it. and Right, right. Kate thinks she'll lose the store completely at that point. Or the stores, I guess, plurals since she has other
0: Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. It doesn't seem likely that Kate would keep pushing this with her insurance company being um so threatening. Mm-hmm. So uh, Nancy also brings up Dan to Trisha as being a possible suspect, and Trisha says that Dan is not smart enough to to be behind this. That she, you know, yeah, he was here for a little while, but he's too stupid to, <laughs> to pull off this crime. She asks all the other staff about their um, alibis, basically too. And Tony says that he was homesick last night max says he was at the arcade all night and nancy's like "Hmm, didn't i see you at the movies too and he's like oh yeah oh yeah i did i stopped by the movies just but just for a few minutes just to see a friend and she was like oh curious they let you back without a ticket um he's like yeah Yeah, they're all really
1: shady with their answers mm-hmm. of what they were doing last night. And yeah, it was
0: mm-hmm. And Charlene, everyone's being
1: evasive. Yeah,
0: Charlene does say she was at the movies, but Nancy asks her what movies she's seen. And basically she's like, oh, I saw this movie. And Nancy's like, oh, what was it about? And Charlene, you know, gives this whole spiel about what the movie was about. But Nancy has seen this movie and knows that that is not what the movie is about. Right. She knows <laughs> Charlene is lying. And she wouldn't lie about what movie she saw so clearly she's lying about being at the movies at all right so bizarre bizarre so she goes home and nikki calls nancy in a panic um and nancy goes over to her house and nikki says that dan jumped out at her from the bushes Mm -hmm. of her house and that he looked terrible you know his face was all swollen and bloodied or whatever from when he was beaten up and he tried to get her to take another gift from him in like this envelope, but she right. wouldn't. She refused to. And But again, she's just really worried about him. And, you know, what is there anything Nancy can do? And she asked Nancy to go talk to his parents, which she does agree to do. And with this envelope,
1: he he begs her to take it so she doesn't even need to open it. She just needs to take it from him. And she right. refuses. So right. we don't actually know what's in this envelope just yet. Right.
0: Or, like, is it a gift? It doesn't seem like a gift if you don't need to, like, open it. Like, that's weird. He just wants her to have it. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So Nancy agrees to go talk to his parents, but she also encourages Nikki to, like, get out of the house and, like, go hang out with her friends, you know, because she's really, um, she just seems really stressed out, obviously. Um, And so Nikki says, okay, yes, you know, I can go hang out with my friends. Jeremy Pratt is having a party tonight, and I will be there. And Dan will not be there because Jeremy hates Dan. So right. um, so that seems like a safe place for her to be for the time being. Nancy also calls Ned and makes Ooh. a plan with him to stake out vanities that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she'll meet up at nine I'm at the ice cream parlor across from vanities. And he's like, Yes, absolutely. There's nothing I would like the- more to do going to sit <laughs> on a stakeout with you all night, Nancy. <laughs> I will be
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> But then Bess and George yeah. show up breathless at her front door and barge in with this whole story.
0: Yeah, they say that they were doing recon at Vanity's for her, like which I think is supposed to be just be code for the Bess wanted to go shopping again. Right. I was what that was supposed to be. But they say that while they were at Vanities, Trisha's boyfriend was there. He was wearing a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, was from making out while she was yeah. at work. I so know. Scandalous. <laughs> So scandalous. They also say that they gleaned uh, the fact that he was from Denver. That makes sense. That tracks too. Trish is also from Denver. We know that. Mm-hmm. And that Max passed Charlene a note that scared her. Mm-hmm. Like she, like as soon as she read the note that Max gave her, she like got all faint. Creepy, suspicious, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, while they're talking, someone throws a brick through Nancy's window. Which I thought when I read this, I was like, this seems premature. Like, this seems right. <laughs> early in the story for this kind of thing to happen. Maybe it's not. I don't really know. But there is a note on the brick, and it says, next time this brick won't just break a window. Back off, Nancy Drew. oh. Uh- Ooh. Nancy is, oh. of course, you know, just absolutely unfazed by this, and just mm-hmm. like immediately calls the window repair man, which I guess she probably has to do every other week anyway. Right? She's probably a speed dial. Yeah, she got like an account open with this glazier. <laughs> He's gonna come fix their windows. Her close <laughs> personal friend, the window fixing guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's really late, and he takes his own sweet time, and she's supposed to meet Ned at 9, and she wanted to stop and talk to Dan's parents on the way, but it's already, like, 8.30, and she's waiting around, um, getting really anxious about having to go. But then Hannah comes home unexpected. Hannah! Both Carson and Hannah have been away, but Hannah comes home early, um, and she says, Nancy, you go. I'll stay here with the window, window guy.
0: Oh, Hannah.
1: I know. It's such a nice—we only get that one scene with her in the whole book, but yeah. it was nice. She's also- still there.
0: I don't want to jump the gun or anything, but we also don't get any scenes with Carson, even though he is, like, in the book. Like, he right. like he plays a role, like, later on, but mm-hmm. we don't actually ever see him or speak right. to him. <laughs> thought that was we leave a note for him, and then we yeah. find out that Nikki talked to him at one point, and then mm-hmm. that's, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> he's just, like, around. He's just around, but we just don't, like, ever see him. No dialogue with him. No.
1: Like that. <laughs> he exists. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Nancy goes by the Taylor's house, and Nancy lies to Mrs. Taylor, and or I guess she doesn't lie. Mrs. Taylor makes an assumption that Nancy has a crush on Dan, and Nancy just goes I can't along. Believe it, it. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> She's like, I don't want to correct this woman, and she seems to have a real distaste for Nikki, so I'm not going to let on that I'm friends with Nikki or or anything mm-hmm. of that nature. And she's just like, oh, well, you sweet girl, you're already so much better than Nikki. I'm so glad you're dating my son. Um, She just tries to get a little bit more information out of mom lets her know that she's worried about worried about him and mom's just like oh no it's totally fine a shelf fell on him that's why he's so so bruised up and has a black eye and all that
0: stuff yeah she also like really really bad mouths nikki like she oh yeah she's like she's like i hate that girl she's terrible she's a liar she calls her a liar Mm -hmm. um and yeah so it's just very clear that they really they really don't like nikki in the house She also still believes that he's working at vanities, which is interesting. So Dan's been lying to his mom and says that he's still doing business trips and taking business for vanities. And Mm -hmm. he also is very successful. She just really thinks the world of her son and that, you know, like nothing is wrong. Mm -hmm. She also, Nancy asks where Dan is that night. And she says, oh, he's going to a party with his friend, Jeremy Pratt. (gasps) No, he's not. Uh oh, uh oh. So Nancy immediately freaks out and she's like, I have got to get over there because he um, is going to go try to confront Nikki again. So she locates the Pratt house, and Nancy knows that she is super late at this point to meet Ned, but she feels compelled. She has to check on Nikki. She's worried about mm-hmm. Nikki's safety. So she walks up to the Pratt's house. And she doesn't. She doesn't really want to go inside without. So so polite, Nancy. Nancy's manners are like on point here. She's like, "Oh, is Jeremy Pratt here? You know, like I don't want to. I haven't been invited by the host. I need to introduce (laughs) myself to the host before I can just jump in on a party, which is hilarious because it's like a house party with like teenagers. And there's this kid on the porch. He he has a name, but I don't remember. It's not important. Who? It's like, oh no, no, you can just go in or whatever. But Nancy says that he is like all but fourteen or like all but fifteen or something. He's like really young, and he's like, hey, Nancy, save save a dance for me later or whatever. And Nancy winks at him. <laughs> it's like, sure. It's freaking creepy, Nancy. It, is. it was weird. Um, but she goes inside. And she sees a couple girls like looking concerned over talking by themselves. And she on like a hunch goes up to them and says, Hey, I'm looking for Nikki. Have you seen Nikki? And they're like, Oh yeah. You know, we're her friends or whatever. And she just uh, went outside because Dan Taylor showed up and asked to talk to her. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Oh, and also
1: Jeremy is nowhere to be found at this party because he left a little while ago to go get quote unquote, get more soda for the party. Mm-hmm. But Nancy observes that there's plenty of food and drink available at the house. So it's like, they're not about to run out of soda anytime soon. So that's just a little, a little suspicious. Yeah, that's true.
0: That's true too. So Dan said that he wanted to talk to Nikki privately. So they give them a couple more minutes to talk, but then they, at a certain point they're like, okay, it's been a few minutes. Let's go out and check on them. When they go out onto the porch, Nikki and Dan are nowhere to be seen. Seems like Dan's car is also gone from the driveway. There's this other girl out there named Brittany who kind of like teases them and is like, um, you "And know. she'd like to know where your friend is, don't you?" And they're like,
1: "Yeah, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> tell us." And she's like, "Wouldn't you
0: like to know?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they go back inside, <laughs> and somebody else tells them that yeah, they saw Nikki get into the car with Dan and mm-hmm. drive off. So there's, like, nothing really to do because they don't know where they went. Nobody knows where they went. So they just kind of have to wait around. So Nancy waits around there. And at about 11, Nikki opens the door and is all scratched and muddy. And her clothes have been torn. And she's, like, drenched somehow. What's and, going on? Oh, Okay. It's, it's been great. raining, so yeah. But, so she's drenched,
1: but she just she's a mess when she comes mm-hmm. in, and she just immediately faints when she comes through the door.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
1: they get her up, they get her some water, um, and and get her to to tell her story
0: of what happened. Yeah, she starts sobbing, um, and so they they take her to like a private room, and Nancy tries to like dispel the crowd. And Nikki says she isn't hurt, and they like are like, "Are you sure? Are you sure you're not hurt?" And she says, "No." Um, She says that Dan had showed up and he was, like, actually talking reasonably for once. You know, she agreed to talk to him in the backyard and he apologized for, like, scaring her before and then he was sorry. And she says, like, okay, thanks or whatever, but, like, now, like, it's over. Like, it's really over or or no longer doing this. And he doesn't say anything to this, but he asks um, her to, like, go on a ride with him in his car. And for some reason, (laughs) this girl agrees to baffling baffling Mm. and so uh they go for a drive in his car and she just thinks that you know maybe he has to just run an errand and doesn't want to say goodbye yet or whatever so i guess for old time's sake she goes with him but he won't tell nikki where they're going and she gets really nervous when he pulls off the road into the woods right just into a trail that leads into the middle of the woods oh in the dark in the rain this is Terrifying, girl. You need to run. (laughs) Um. So he, yeah, he pulls off the road and then he pulls out the envelope and he tries to get Nikki to take this envelope again. And he even tries to like shove it in her purse when she like refuses to not take it. He tries to put it in her purse, Mm -hmm. and so at that point, Nikki just tries to run.
1: Yeah, his whole demeanor changes as well. Yeah, right.
0: But he grabs her to, I guess, like try to stop her from going or something, and so she is able to like scratch him and get away. And she just runs. She just runs out of the woods, eventually finds, you know, the way up to the main road and back to Jeremy's house to the party. Yikes.
1: Then Brittany pokes her head back in and tells them that Nikki's friend's mom called and says they need to get home. So Nancy says, all right, party's over for the the four of us. I'll drop you guys off at home um, and then take Nikki home as well.
0: Mm -hmm. so she is after she drops off nikki nikki's like oh aren't you gonna go into your house or park or whatever and nancy's like no i've got something i gotta do so after she drops off nikki she drives back around to where nikki kind of said that they were and as she is like driving down that road there is an ambulance and police cars
1: Mm -hmm. she sees a bunch of side or sees a bunch of flashing lights flashing lights yeah hears the sirens and starts to get pretty nervous
0: yeah so she pulls off um she pulls over and officer nolan is there who apparently she is already acquainted with Mm -hmm. um and he (laughs) says yeah looks like some guy was murdered
1: here and there's his car and then he finds his flashlight and it's dan's car yeah Nancy starts to to feel kind of weak. She sees uh, Chief McGinnis. Oh no, Brenda Carlton. Brenda Carlton shows Brenda up. Martin! Here she comes in her news van, asking Nancy if she knows anything about the victim. If you're not already familiar, Brenda Carlton is a River Heights reporter who likes to use sneaky methods to get her news stories. And so Nancy, of course, does not want to talk to her.
0: (laughs) I had no idea that Brenda was like a legitimate character in a Nancy Drew series until I saw this and I like looked it up because it seemed like Nancy like already knew who she was. (laughs) And Brenda Carlton is in like a ton of Nancy Drew files. She is a recurring character in the Nancy Drew files. I'd be really disappointed if she wasn't. I'm so pumped and I'm so excited to see more of Brenda Carlton in Any Morning. Brenda, Brenda. Brenda. <laughs> Brenda. Uh, Brenda. Oh, Brenda Carlton is obviously our alternate universe, Nancy Drew. If Nancy Drew did not have a very strong moral center, mm-hmm. she would be Brenda Carlton. And so yeah. she's foiled Nancy, but you know, we love Brenda around here. I love Brenda. <laughs> at least. I love to hate her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: She's just so frustrating. And she Mm -hmm. is a little unscrupulous when it comes to her headlines. But we'll, we'll get to that in a minute.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she has like some banter with Nancy. Nancy's like, can't you report on the actual news for once, Brenda? Um, And Brenda just like keeps trying to like pump her for information. But she just basically Nancy shuts her down. This is when Chief McGinnis comes over, and Chief Brenda's McGinnis in the corner, like <laughs> scribbling down everything he says. This is just—it's just a really great scene. It's just one mm-hmm. of those like just classic River Heights scenes. This oh, is why I love it. River Heights so much. Is like there's that person there that you know. It's basically so if you played Alibi and Ashes, the PC game, it's just as Nancy is coming out of the burning building. That's right. what, that's the scene. Is there's sirens? There's Chief McGinnis. There's Brenda Carlton. That's right. the scene. Right. (laughs) But yeah, so she talks to Chief McGinnis, And because Brenda's listening in, she's like, okay, well, you know, let's talk later. But Chief, hey, can you give me the tour before we go? Mm -hmm. And so he shows her the crime scene. Mm -hmm. I just like as much as I understand, and this is because it's Nancy Drew, like, and she is like this established detective or whatever, at least in River Heights, and he trusts her and everything. But just the idea of like a cop just being like, sure, random citizen, like, here's the crime scene.
1: They've already taken the body away at this point, but still,
0: right. still. Right. <laughs> um, but he shows her um, the car, um, apparently tells her that the victim, Dan, was hit on the forehead with a rock, um, and that's how he was murdered. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, that his watch was smashed, and very handily so, because it gave them the exact time of death, which was 10, 14 p.m. And remember, Nikki didn't get back to the party until just before 11. Mm -hmm. So this does not look good. Yeah. Um, And so um, he shows her the car. And inside of the car is Nikki's dark blue purse. Um, And so, yeah, things are just not looking good for Mm -hmm. our friend Nikki. Um, Nancy drives the chief back to the station in her car, which I thought was so precious. And she talks to him on the way there and tells him all about Dan and Nikki's relationship about the thefts at vanities. But she says, look like chief, like I know this girl, It can't, it can't be her. She can't have done this or committed these crimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And the chief is like, well, Nancy, that's all well and good or whatever, but I can't go off a hunch. I have to go off the evidence and all the evidence points to Nikki. Mm -hmm. And so they get to the station and he shows her Nikki's bag, but there's no envelope in Nikki's bag. Mm -hmm. Which we know he
1: tried to put it in her purse. So where is the envelope? It's not in the car anywhere.
0: Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the chief says there was no envelope anywhere at the scene. They didn't find an envelope. They can't even be sure that there really was an envelope we just have nikki's word about this Mm -hmm. and so nancy is like look chief i get it or whatever but can you just give me 48 hours to investigate this and i'll get back to you with you know more solid evidence and he says i'll give you 24 hours but then right when he says that a police officer comes into the room and tells them like hey chief we also found this at the scene and it's a picture of a drawn N in the ground. It looks like Dan must have scrawled that letter N into the ground as he was dying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With his fingernails and they're right.
1: under his nails and everything. Yeah. So Chief McGinnis is like, well, that does it. I got to go arrest this girl in the morning.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I also thought was interesting because I was like, why aren't you arresting her like right now? Right. But whatever. <laughs> And side note, Ned is still at Vanity's waiting for us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like
1: three in the morning, probably at this point.
0: Nancy, so Nancy goes home and I guess she gets a good night's sleep, but she goes over to the master's house early. To try to warn them but they already know about dan's murder because it's in the paper brenda carlton Mm -hmm. has um, written an article that says you know dan taylor murdered police seek girlfriend for questioning Mm -hmm. and so they're really upset they know what's coming right nikki's crying nikki's mom is crying and nikki even says what if i blacked out and i just don't remember killing him nancy (laughs) Nancy's like, no, no. At that point, I'm thinking, like, wait a second, is Nikki guilty?
1: <laughs> is that what happened here?
0: <laughs> because that is such like a classic murderer thing to say, being like, well, "I must have just blacked out," you know. <laughs> but Nancy's like assures sure. her, like, "No, no, no, Nikki, you didn't black out. You didn't kill Dan." Mm-hmm.
1: She's like, you know what? My dad gets home tonight. I'm going to get him on your case. But until then, um, yeah, the police are going to have to arrest you. But don't worry, because I'm going to be out there clearing your name while you're in the police station.
0: Mm -hmm. She she does eventually, she does tell them now about the robberies at Vanity's and suspecting that Dan is somehow involved at that. And yeah, not to worry, because she's going to be looking into that. So the police show up to arrest nikki and they take her away and they won't let her parents come with her which i was very confused about i thought 16 year olds like had to have some had sort of guardian. to have a guardian present right when they're being interviewed by police I or agree. like at the very least some kind of representation like if right. not a parent then you have to have like a youth like advocate or something in a right. room yeah or a lawyer yeah yeah
1: yikes And Nancy's just like, don't say anything until my dad
0: gets there. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, But Nancy goes back home, and, yeah, she gets a call from Ned, who says, like, hey, where were you? What happened last night? Nancy's like, oh, sorry, Ned. Dan Taylor was murdered, and so I got a little (laughs) sidetracked. And Ned is like, absolutely, no worries. Don't even worry about it, Nancy. It's totally fine. Like, I know you love... Oh, he does say, I know you love me in spite of the evidence. Oh. Ouch. That was kind of painful. Yeah. And apparently she also forgot their anniversary.
1: <laughs> Which is the same day, right? Yeah, because he yeah. says happy
0: anniversary and she's like... Oh, hey. right. Yeah, <laughs> <Happy> you do. <too. laughs> But he is, like, very, very forgiving, almost to the point of being too forgiving, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, Ned, you should stand up for yourself a little bit. Um, she has absolutely stood you up. But it's probably, probably not unusual at this point for mm-hmm. Ned. Ned might be a little used to it. So he says, you know, call me when you need me, basically so then nancy goes to track down jeremy pratt to get his alibi because he was acting suspiciously at the party having been gone and he's golfing at the country club this 16 year old boy yeah um just doing this like classically 50 year old man activity right just on his saturday whatever (laughs) Um, And his alibi is that he was back at the party by 10, which Nancy should know this because she was there. Right. I didn't really understand this, um, the need for this, but Mm -hmm. whatever. Then she goes to the police station. because She has a little bit of time before vanities is going to open and she wants to check on Nikki. And so she goes there and they're done questioning her apparently, but they will need to question her a little bit later as soon as Carson gets back into town. And so she asks, okay, can I take her home? And they let her take Nikki home. So I guess Um, she's not under arrest just yet? yet? No. No, no, no. Yeah, she's not under arrest. They were just questioning her. But as they are going out the door and getting into Nancy's car, there is another car full of teenagers nearby. And the person in the passenger seat rolls down the window and shouts murderer at Nikki. Super sad. And Nikki is like really upset about it. And I was like, this is what it's going to be like. Everybody's going to think that, you know, I killed Dan mm-hmm. and Nancy just tries to reassure her and it's like, don't worry, Nikki, you'll find out who your true friends are. Other people have survived this. You'll survive this. Whew. But it's just rough for our, our friend Nikki. Oh, I know. At this point,
1: Nancy is convinced that there is a link between the vanities robbery and the murder
0: hmm. Yeah. So she drops off Nikki and then she heads over to Vanity's. Um, Charlene is out sick that day. Um, she does tell Trisha about Dan's murder. She also asks to talk to Max and asks. Uh, oh, sorry. She gets Trisha's alibi first. And she says that she was with Kate Hayes at a dinner with clients from L.A. until 11. So she, you know, has a good alibi. She asks for Max's alibi as well, and he tells Nancy that he he doesn't tell Nancy where he was, but he tells her that he only beat up Dan the other day because Dan owed him two hundred bucks, and like yeah, that's annoying or whatever. But two hundred bucks is like not enough to kill someone for, so I didn't do it. (laughs) Don't worry. And Nancy's like, Nancy's like, okay, like Nancy's like, that makes sense. Why would you kill somebody for two hundred dollars? And it just never occurs to Nancy. Some It just seems like it doesn't occur to Nancy in these books that someone might be lying. We had this same right. issue in Two Points to Murder where it's just, she used just to take people at their word, even though mm-hmm. it's like this person is really creepy and acting really suspiciously. But okay. It's also inappropriate to beat them up over
1: $200, but <laughs> he had had enough of waiting around for his money.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> Oh, so Nancy kind of hitting these dead ends. She decides to call Nikki one more time to kind of go over her story from the night before about what happened. And she tells Nancy something that she didn't tell her originally. And that Mm. is that while they were driving, they stopped at a convenience store to get sodas and Dan made a phone call. Um, And apparently it was a really intense conversation. (laughs) Nancy's like, oh, why didn't you tell me about this before? <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, I didn't think it was important.
1: <laughs> Clearly not. Nancy's like, well, obviously he he said something to his murderer that made him worth murdering at this point. Right, right.
0: Um, so Nancy goes to the police department and is like, I'm so close, chief. I, I've almost got it or whatever. Can I mess up your desk? Which is funny. It's just supposed to be a joke because his desk is apparently just classically messy like like mm-hmm. always messy i just love that there's just like a crack there's just an inside joke about chief mcginnis's desk in this book it's just <laughs> it's just great
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's like sure go ahead nancy yeah. let me leave you alone with like confidential case documents all this evidence is what she's reviewing on his desk he's like yeah absolutely here you go here you go nancy i'm gonna Have leave at you alone. the police
1: chief's office whatever you want what
0: well, could go wrong I just have to say, I know Nancy it's Nancy is just supposed to be like, yeah, this beacon of morality, which I talked about before, and that is why this is acceptable. But no time in the history of any private detective ever has there been this level of cooperation from right? Them. <laughs> I feel like classically, historically, according to a lot of popular fiction in every movie you've ever seen, every television show. The police are like supposed to be at odds with the private detectives. The private Mm -hmm. detectives are trying to investigate in spite of the police's attempts to stop them. Like, right. (laughs) It's just amazing to me that they just have this relationship, but yeah, I, I think it's great. Mm -hmm. So she's like pouring over this evidence. She's trying to connect the dots. She's like, I'm so close. I can feel it. I'm so close. She looks again at like the end scratched in the dirt by Dan and realized that it looks kind of funny. It's kind of wonky. It's kind of weirdly spread out. And she realizes that it is in fact not an N, but a Z, mm-hmm. a sideways Z. And then she's like, oh, that's so familiar. Where have I seen a Z before? But she can't quite make the connection. Um, even though us as the reader at this point, we're like screaming at her, mm-hmm. Nancy! We know where Izzy is from, but Nancy doesn't right. mean. She then
1: decides that she's going to go tail max after Vanity's closes and see where he, he
0: goes after work. hmm She, because he, he didn't give her an alibi before, I assume is why. Right. So she follows him to Riverview Park, which I guess is the same park that she and Ned were hooking up in before. Mm-hmm and she's like following him through the park like running tree to tree like hiding behind the trees which is just a great mental image of mm-hmm. of Nancy and then she sees that he meets up with this mysterious stranger in the shadows and she gets a little closer and we see that it is Charlene. Ooh. But then he goes to wrap his arms around her neck. And Nancy is like, like about to like jump out to try to stop Max from presumably murdering this girl. Yeah. But then instead, he leans in for a deep, passionate kiss. Of course he does. Um, so Nancy is shocked. Oh, actually, no, no, I'm sorry. The, 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 the word that they use is sizzling. Not (laughs) passionate. Sizzling.
1: Everything is sizzling.
0: (laughs) Nancy's shocked by this. And Charlene sees Nancy hiding and she gets really scared and like, oh, like, oh, Nancy, please don't tell Tony about this. Please don't tell my boyfriend about this. And she says, there's no telling what he would do to me. If he found out about this. Um, she also tells Nancy that she and Max were together last night and that neither of them were responsible for dance murder because they were together all night. And she says that Tony was busy at a family get-together too. They made sure that he was busy before they planned their um their I guess rendezvous. romantic rendezvous. <laughs> and so he couldn't have been responsible either.
1: Right. So they're in love and she's going to break it off with Tony eventually. Right. right. But when she's about being scared of what he's going to do. Gosh. Yeah.
0: So Nancy's like, yeah, don't worry. I won't tell anybody. But now like everybody from vanity seems to have a solid alibi for when Dan was killed and it doesn't make any sense. So she keeps coming back to this watch. She can't figure out how it's possible for Dan to have been murdered at that time with Nikki there. Like that doesn't make any sense. Mm hmm. And so, like, she kind of just lays some stuff out for us as the reader at this point. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so, you know, Dan was trying to get Nikki to hold on to something. This must have been evidence, right? Evidence mm-hmm. of these thefts. And wanted to give it to Nikki to hold on to in case something happened to him. You know, he was talking about wanting to turn over a new leaf. And we know that he's been, like, really, like, scared recently and been erratic and acting strangely. So that must mean that he knew or was suspecting that something might happen to him. And so if that were to happen to him, he wanted someone innocent to be able to have evidence of these thefts.
1: So she kind of puts together that anything, whatever is in that envelope must be the secret about whoever the murderer is. Right. must connect to the murderer. Mm
0: -hmm. And then finally, she remembers, she makes the connection with the envelope and the the gift that Nikki showed her earlier, that Z is the mark that's on the back of all of the jewelry, the stolen jewelry, the jewelry that Dan gave to Nikki, the jewelry in Vanity's. Um, and so Nancy runs back to Vanity's really quick right before the store closes, yeah. checks the store ledger, and she finds the Z means that it's from a place called Zeros in Denver, Colorado. Hmm. Uh-huh. Fascinating. Where do we know Denver from? Oh, yeah. Cowboy hat boyfriend, mm-hmm. Trisha's boyfriend, is from Denver. Trisha this from Denver, too. Uh-huh. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. So Nancy at this point, she solved it, right? She knows who's responsible for all of this. Um, And so she wrote, but she just has one more connection to make, right? And that's how Dan fits into this. And so she runs back to the Taylor's house and asks his mom to let her look at Dan's things. And so she does. I have a question here because she lets her into Dan's room and Nancy makes a note of like a fake newspaper headline that he has framed oh, yeah. on his wall or something that says, Dan Taylor makes first million. Are we supposed to understand that he made this fake headline to fool his mom into thinking that he was a millionaire? I think so. But wouldn't she figure it out
1: pretty quickly? He's living at home. Right.
0: One millionaire lives at home. Or... The only other explanation is that he made that in some kind of like aspirational, like mm-hmm. vision boardy, like <laughs> just speaking it into existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> Which both of them seem just like wildly ridiculous to right. me. Um, but anyway, I just thought that that was notable that we should. Mm-hmm mentioned that but so she she looks around his room a little bit more too um she doesn't see anything until she sees a suitcase sticking out from under the bed which she looks at and there is still an airline tag on there that says dvr denver airport Mm -hmm. so she asks mrs taylor and she's like oh yeah dan just came back from denver on friday on business on business
1: Mm
0: -hmm. all right Maybe he really has been
1: doing a little bit of work, just Mm. not for vanities.
0: Right. So she's like, okay, now now I understand what's been going on. And she decides to spring a trap with Nikki and Ned. She calls Mm -hmm. Ned and asks to meet them at the ice cream parlor again and to bring a starter pistol and fake blood. She says, don't worry, you can get the starter pistol. (laughs) At any sporting goods store. Any in- sporting goods store and the blood
1: party store probably you'll yeah. find it. Don't yeah. worry.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> All right, you Nancy. know, Ned comes in clutch. He does indeed find those things and shows up promptly at six thirty. And he even makes like he he says something about like, "See, I'm on time, Nancy." <laughs> these these Neckersons are punctual. Uh-huh. <laughs> So first Nancy goes into vanities and Charlene is there and she says, okay, Charlene, I need you and both Max and Tony. I need everybody out of the store like by five minutes to seven. She doesn't tell her why, but Charlene's like, okay. And I guess does that. And then she meets up with Ned and Nikki at the ice cream parlor and she says, hey, happy anniversary, Ned. Here's a present. It's a radio record, radio slash recorder. Um, and also I need you to use it right now.
1: right. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't wrap it because you got to start recording right <laughs>
0: <laughs> So she gives him the recorder and they all go over to Vanity's and hide in the stockroom. Ned hits record on the recorder and then Trisha, you know, walks in and goes into the office and Ned jumps out and he says, I know all about Dan and the Denver connection. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like what are you doing here or whatever? And she says, and he says, I know about the guy in the cowboy hat. You're in on it together with him. She's all, how do you know this? What's going on? What do you want from me? And Ned says, I want in, you know, I want to take Dan Taylor's place in the little robbery ring that you have going on and this is when Nancy and Nikki are both hiding behind crates or whatever. Nancy taps Nikki in. And mm-hmm. Nikki jumps up with the starter pistol. Or no, she doesn't pull out the starter pistol yet. Well, I think Ned starts talking about
1: the insurance policy first.
0: What does he say? He has the envelope or something
1: about the envelope and she's like, "Who are you?" and he's like, "I'm Dan's friend. Think of me oh. as his insurance policy. Oh, I'm my- here." In case something happens to him. So, what you're going to do is let me in on this. Otherwise, things are going to go south for you. And she's still just like, I
0: don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Nancy taps Nikki in. Yeah. And she says, I know that you killed Dan, but she's pointing the gun at Ned. Mm -hmm. She then takes the gun and shoots at Ned. And the fake, you know, Ned uses the the fake fake blood. blood. And you and know like slumps to the ground, the wall, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretending to be shot. And then Nikki turns the gun on Trisha, and then this is where Trisha breaks down. She said, "Please, you know, please don't kill me, or I didn't kill him." And then Nikki says, "You have ten seconds to tell me who did kill him, or I'm going to kill you." Mm-hmm. And then she says, "It's Alan Harrow. He is our supplier from Denver."
1: Which is Cowboy Hat Man. Cowboy right.
0: Hat Man, Trisha's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And we have that confession on tape now. And so Nancy calls up the chief, ring ring chief McGinnis. <laughs> I've Thank solved you. I've solved Dan Taylor's murder.
1: And cutscene back to Nikki's house where they are celebrating. I, I mean, I guess that's the thing to celebrate. There's st-
0: there was still a murder. That the <laughs> boyfriend's still dead, right? Yikes! Um, but yeah, Nancy starts to explain a little bit. She explains um, about the um, you know robbery ring that Trisha stole from Vanities, then sent all of the stolen goods to Denver via Dan, and then this guy Al took all of the- these stolen goods to resell them, gave Dan a cut from that and then dan took trisha's cut back to her mm-hmm. she also explains the watch thing and about why it was possible for it to be set at ten twenty-five or ten twenty-four, 24 whatever it was and she says that the watch was actually still on denver time because dan had just gotten back on friday it had not changed his watch back and so really it was an hour later than what the watch said Oh, and so, um, and then, but then there was like one weird thing. It's like, well, then why did Trisha, um, Trisha's the one who told Kate about the thefts. Why did she do that? And then Nancy's like, it's because Charlene had just noticed the thefts and was just about to tell her, and so Trisha told her before she had a so chance. So she didn't
1: to look like a bad manager or whatever,
0: right? Oh, not smart, Trisha. Not smart. No. And that's the resolution to our mystery. And then there's this really great tiny little moment between Ned and Nancy where Ned gives Nancy her anniversary present. And it's a little gold bracelet. How come Nancy always gets bracelets at the end of of books?
1: Her wrists must be
0: stacked. And then there's this great moment where, you know, Nancy's like, you know, I didn't trust Trisha from the beginning. And Ned's like, oh, yeah, why not? And she says... She didn't like living in River Heights. Can you imagine anyone not liking River Heights? Aw. Aw.
1: And we do know that this story starts the spinoff series, River Heights, that Nikki Masters is, I guess, the star of that series. So just a fun little, who
0: doesn't love River Heights? Yeah, that's our little little, uh, call to Mm. those books. Yeah. Very cute. Very cute. What a good one. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I just truly do. I all of the the salacious sizzling details. So sizzling. All of the interaction with like everybody who like knows Nancy. I was missing our Carson interaction. I wish yeah. we could have had some time with Carson, but otherwise, I mean, just like just amazing. Like just our whole cast of characters is there. Everybody is Everybody gets their screen time as it were. Right. I love it. Okay. You know, honestly, I was just reviewing my notes. And aside from all of, like, the, like, gasps that I had about, like, all of the sexy moments in this book, I don't have a whole lot to say. <laughs> my – I think my, like, biggest – the thing that, that icks me out the most about this book – was just the way that they, like, talked about, you know, aside from, like, obviously all of the representations of abusive relationships, like, between Nikki and Dan and then also between Charlene and Tony, is just the way that they treat Nikki and, like, the teenager versus, like, adult thing. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was... The age difference thing was, like, super icky. And, like, the way Nancy talks about... Nikki specifically. There's a point where I'm going to read it. Nikki's like really upset. This is like right after Dan had like jumped out of the bushes at her or something. Oh yeah. And Nancy encourages her to go to the party to like try to chill out, you know? And Mm -hmm. she says, she's describing, Nancy's describing Nikki. She looked worlds better than when Nancy had come in. The color was back in her cheeks and there was a spring in her step. Suddenly, Nikki looked sixteen again, fresh and radiant. Oh yeah, no, I remember. (laughs) Fresh. Mm. There's something really creepy and disturbing about describing a sixteen-year-old, a sixteen-year-old girl as fresh.
1: Right. I don't like like that at all. Ick.
0: And then also Nancy flirting with this. 14 year old boy at jeremy pratt's party right like what the heck is going on with that in this book
1: that was really
0: strange um because nancy is an adult she's supposed to be 18 19 like right. this is like you literally say he's like barely 15 is what you mm-hmm. say about this boy
1: gross nancy thought maybe she was just trying to appease him by saying like oh yeah whatever i'll dance with you but then she starts winking at him she talks to him again later it's like leave just leave the party this is not this is not a party for you nancy No.
0: no 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 so that was honestly that's my biggest that's the only thing i really have to say about it except for just some minor things about best but like wow
1: yeah it was it was something
0: do you want to talk about Bess? Yes, yes, <laughs> always, always. So, yeah. Bess asks for the dress in a size seven. So, Bess is a size seven. Bess
1: is a size seven, which is tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not, is that not supposed to be sizes.
0: smaller than average?
1: Right, and that's a junior size because odd yes. numbers are junior sizes. Right. So she's like on the small end of the smaller
0: clothing that they and make, and yet. For and yet her friends are constantly teasing her about her weight and her dieting or whatever. They even describe her the, as- per, The five pounds heavier than perfect? Five pounds heavier than perfect. <sighs> what does that mean? Oh. oh. What oh. is perfect exactly? Apparently five pounds less than whatever best weighs. Right. What the heck? Mm-hmm. Five
1: pounds heavier than perfect but she's still wearing a tiny She's dress a
0: size hat. seven. She's a size mm-hmm. seven. I mean, like it's bad enough. Any, saying that about anybody's size is bad enough. But mm. the fact that she is literally smaller than the average girl at her age, it's just truly baffling as to where, like where this is supposedly coming from. Like it's, it seems like absolutely like devastatingly horrible, you know, yeah. to be, to be fat shaming, a girl who is so small already, right. and like is clearly already so preoccupied about her size, and is constantly dieting and trying to lose weight. It's like, mm-hmm. what is going on?
1: It's like they picked an arbitrary quality about her to to yeah a hard time about yeah and it just so happened to be that one when it it really doesn't apply. Even if it did apply, they still wouldn't have the right to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, wild wild when i read that i was like i gasped out loud i was like five pounds heavier than perfect are you fucking kidding me are you kidding me and then literally like a page later they say she's a size seven and i'm like i could just one like yeah like in the narrative like like All the comments that the, you know, the people make to best are horrible and inexcusable about this kind of things. But the fact that the book, like the author of the book, you know, what, like describes Mm -hmm. her in this way, talks about her in this way, just like really speaks to, I think, like where we were (laughs) as a society in 1989, which is when this was published. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. No wonder eating disorders are like so rampant, especially at this time diet pills i'm thinking about like you know all of that crap like Mm -hmm. wow no freaking wonder when girls are reading stuff like this if you're a size seven you're five pounds heavier than perfect better try first for a
1: five never mind that five pounds is like within the you know the margin of error for (laughs) actually measuring yourself you know when it comes to numbers like that yeah
0: Mm. it's rough it's yuck 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 hated that yeah but they were
1: i mean they were pretty nice on best the rest of the story yeah
0: it's really just at the beginning where they're talking about like best like loving shopping and and all that Mm. but that it's that it's kind of bad but yeah no otherwise Bess and george don't have a massive role in it they're just kind of nancy's like segue to the mall basically (laughs) they're like okay nancy has to go to the mall but nancy can't go to the mall alone i guess she's got to have her girlfriends with her (laughs) She wants to work on the
1: mystery, but they force her to go to the movies. And so that's how she happens to see all her suspects at the movies at one time. Yeah,
0: it's very much like we're supposed to believe Nancy's not a normal girl. She's not do normal girl things. So her friends have to force her to be normal and to like shopping and the movies. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Anything else to say about Bess? <laughs> For best and George.
1: The, the five pounds heavier than perfect. <laughs> by seven.
0: Yeah. Um, I do want to say, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, is that I think Ned is a massive doormat in this book. Oh, yeah. He, he just, like, absolutely lets Nancy walk all over him. And I am just, like, as exciting as reading all of the, like, sexy moments between him and Nancy were – I just, I, I'm not here for this relationship anymore. I, Ned won't stand up for himself. And then, so this is case number 39, two points to murder is number eight. Mm -hmm. And like, literally like, unless this is just Ned, like trying to make up, which is like, we're significantly farther away from that book at this point where I just seem, it seems like we should be past this by now. Unless Ned is trying to make up for like his behavior then. Ned needs to stand up for himself because I feel like this is the reason why like they got into such trouble in Two Points to Murder to begin with. It's like Ned feeling overlooked and like Nancy doesn't care about him and you know puts Mm -hmm. the mystery first. And Ned's just letting it happen in this book. He's just like yo, no it's fine. Say something Ned. This has caused you and Nancy to break up and before so be like hey nancy i really didn't appreciate the fact that you didn't even like give me a call it's like heads up while she was she was literally waiting at jeremy pratt's house for a full hour for nikki she didn't have time in that hour to pick up the phone and call ned and be like hey sorry okay side note i just realized Mm -hmm. i just recognized the fact that this is in 1989 and we probably didn't have cell phones at this point so ned she probably couldn't actually reach Ned while he was I was taking makeup. that. But still, if there was that
1: hour that she was waiting, she could have gone to the mall, got right. him, and then, like, come back or something, right. or at least let him know. And then like, yeah. follow it up with Nikki later on. There was no real reason she had to be at this party. She didn't have any reason at that point to believe that Nikki was an immediate danger. She just mm-hmm. wanted to check on her and make sure she was okay. But her other two friends were, we're right there. there yeah, and, and would have taken care of it. But Nancy decided that that, was more important so i didn't like that and yeah. like the day before their anniversary as well yeah. yeah which side note that does give us a little bit of a clue to the timeline here
0: <gasps> oh that's one year true. together
1: means that a whole year has passed in nancy's life
0: at least so mm-hmm. wait so that well hold on it's their anniversary but they don't talk about how long they've been together have they Mm-mm. okay interesting
1: but we know it's at least a year, right? Right, right, right. Right. But is that a year since they first started dating in Clue in the Diary, or is that a year oh. since they got back together after breaking up in Two Points to Murder?
0: Or no, I'm saying like it's just their anniversary, so they could be five years in at this point. You know, right, what I mean? right. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be weird because she's eighteen. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't start dating when she was thirteen, so they yeah. don't meet until she's eighteen.
1: In in book number seven, mm. the original Nancy Drew mystery story, we also do get at the very beginning when she sees Dan and Nikki having their their argument in the park or whatever. She's like, "Oh yeah, I remember Ned and I in the early days of our relationship. We had our squabbles back then as well. Did you? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't remember Did you? that. <laughs> Ned was very accommodating from like moment one to now. Yeah. Like all he wants to do is help you solve the mysteries. Maybe she means two points to murder. Maybe she's making a reference to their squabbles in Book Eight. Maybe because that's like early days in the Nancy Drew Files.
1: True. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: Start over.
0: Mm -hmm. Is there no
1: mystery stories universe in the Files universe? I think think there can't be. I
0: think there can't be. Right. Right? It doesn't make sense.
1: (sighs) Too long now. She's like. But also,
0: okay we've got to read secrets can kill like soon because I got to figure out how they introduce these books because Nancy drew. I mean, they did the same thing kind of in, I guess I don't really remember secret of the old clock that much, but like Nancy drew is just this established detective. And I just don't Mm. understand. I just don't understand what we're supposed to know about her origin story. Cause it just seems very vague.
1: If I remember Secret of the Old Clock correctly, they do present it as it being her first mystery. Right. Or at least first thing that she solved on her own. I think they do imply that she'd helped Carson with a few of his cases in the past. But that, I mean, it's not really the same thing. Mm, mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wonder, like, because what I remember of Secrets Can Kill is that Nancy gets recruited to, like, act as a high school student in this high school Right? Mm. To, like, try to catch someone. So, like, if that's the case, then, like, they know who she is. Like, someone knows who she is.
1: Right. So she must be an established detective by Nancy Drew Files,
0: book one. Hmm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Oh, well. I guess we'll find out. We'll find out at some point. Yep. So can we talk a little bit about the um, Nikki and Dan dynamic? Yes. So, I just think there's an important point the two put out. And we, we've definitely talked this to death before, mm. potentially very recently. I think we talked about it in Stay Tuned for Danger. But let me pull up the page because I'm just going to read this little bit so I can talk about it. So, Nancy is talking about uh, Nikki and Dan. Her heart went out to him, and in that instant, she understood why Nikki Masters was attracted to Dan Taylor. There was something so innocent and so needy in those eyes. Mm. So Nancy says that she understands why Nikki is attracted to Dan because he is innocent and needy. So tell me, try to, to explain to me how this 19-year-old boy and this 16-year-old girl get together because she thinks that he is needy? This 19-year-old boy needs something from this 16-year-old girl? I don't like that. Nope. Nope. hmm
1: hmm mm-hmm. I've been very vocal about my um, <laughs> dislike of large age gaps before. Okay. I'm a little bit more okay with this. It still could be a little sketchy. I mean, they're not necessarily... I mean, they could be like two years apart. Maybe he just turned 19 or something, but he's too old to be needing a 16 year old girl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: In any shape or form.
0: Like I know that, I know that 19 year old boys or I guess technically men are in no way emotionally mature, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like in, in no space, in no timeline or world or scenario should a 16 year old girl be responsible for the emotional well-being of a 19 year old boy right i mean no in no time (laughs) or universe should anyone be responsible for the emotional well-being of someone else um so like just the the thought that like you can like anybody for being needy i just find very upsetting right (laughs) like no 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 It's not a helpless, helpless animal. Mm -mm, mm -mm. That's a full human being right there.
1: Yeah. Full adult man.
0: Full adult. Yikes! So like aside from like the age gap and then also like aside from all the creepy, terrible, abusive behaviors, this is a terrible relationship.
1: (laughs) Showing up at her house, sneaking around in the bushes, trying to force his way in.
0: No, that's honestly super terrifying. And, like, the the thought that, like, Nikki still felt like she owed Dan something or that she wanted to help him in some way is incredibly concerning. Like, mm-hmm. the things that he is doing are, like, full-on escalating behaviors, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he stopped, he's essentially stalking her like right. knocking on her house, trying to get in her house, trying to force his way into her house, jumping out at her. And even when they're in the
1: car, trying to like pull he her back. He grabs
0: her. He grabs her. Yes. I agree with Nancy. Nancy, there's that moment where she says she gets like a chill down her spine about it. Dan, there's multiple moments where they talk about like Nikki says he, I don't think he's dangerous. I don't think he's dangerous or whatever. And, um, Nancy or uh, Nikki's friends say like, yeah, but like, you know, dan- you don't always know what a dangerous person looks like. Right. And Nancy is like, I think you should break up with him. She says something about like not knowing, like people can escalate basically. And right. like, I, I, like when I read this, I read like he's about to murder her, like he's right. about to kill this girl for breaking up with him. Like that's what it reads Aren't as.
1: Desperate enough.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, like, just the idea that she breaks up with him. He doesn't say anything, asks her to get into a car with him. They drive off. He won't tell her where they're going. Then he pulls off into the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. That is, that is like, frightening. frightening. Well, first,
1: he makes a sketchy phone call that, yeah. like, apparently makes him very upset. And then she's still, like, he still <sighs> won't tell her where they're going. And then they pull off into the woods. That's terrifying.
0: Mm-hmm. That's like, you're going to get murdered.
1: Right who'd you call to come help you murder me? Like, that's, that's what it feels like. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then he's trying to grab her and force her to stay in the car and she has to run back to the party.
0: Yeah. Yikes. 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 We should probably put a content warning on this episode too for um, like abusive relationships because right. this is, it's really intense. Honestly, it's it a is. very intense portrayal of it and not, that doesn't even, we haven't even talked about Charlene and Tony. Oh yeah yeah it's
1: really controlling and mad yeah. at her for saying any little thing he
0: won't let her talk to nancy alone y'all mm-hmm. textbook abusive boyfriend behavior like if a boyfriend okay. won't let you have like won't let you have private conversations won't let you have your own friends like that's yeah controlling abusive behavior
1: and didn't charlene say something like oh he's just looking out for me mm-hmm.
0: just to make
1: sure that i'm not well, yeah, she's not. Gonna, I mean, she's she didn't do the robbery, so she's not going to like accidentally give herself away. Yeah, yeah. So what could she say that could possibly be so bad that he needs to be there? No, nothing, nothing.
0: <laughs> nothing. He just wants to control her behavior. Exactly. Yeah, he just wants to be a scary presence to scare her. Gross, gross. And yeah, the, what she the comment that she makes about him, like not knowing what he's going to do if he finds out about her seeing someone else, like that's terrifying that's almost like the exact same thing that's happening with dan and nikki and that like you know she wants to break up with him he doesn't want to break up and like basically threatens her and in this letter that he sends to her with the note being like my or dan that dan sends to nikki with the the gift he's like my life is your gift like like creepy yeah like i'll kill myself if we don't if we can't be together,
1: huge red flag. Mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. that's terrifying.
0: Yeah, that's manipulative, and that is not true. If anybody says that to you, that's not that is not true. All the police. And you you are not responsible for that person's committing suicide. All right. right.
1: We do also, speaking of Charlene, we do also have, when Nancy catches Charlene and Max at the park and they're alibying themselves and Tony, and they mention that Tony was at the family reunion, Charlene says that, oh, Oh, he's got all these cousins that can alibi him, each one meaner than the last. What has this family done to you, Charlene? What (laughs) happened? I know, that's scary. my goodness. Yeah. Not just Tony's being mean to her, but we can assume that the cousins have also been mean to her or have in some way been violent around her Mm -hmm. that's scary Mm -hmm.
0: there is also like something really poignant i guess or like scary honestly or just like uh vivid about the image of nikki coming back to a house party being with her clothes torn and Mm -hmm. all scratched up and everything like that is very like reminiscent i know in this book it's luckily not the case but like that Mm -hmm. is very reminiscent of like a sexual assault scene you know like and honestly when you read that for the first time like that's what you're expecting to have like to have happened and even nancy and her friends are like are you hurt like Mm -hmm. they don't say it explicitly but like the subtext is there that they're like asking her like have you been raped like or right. you That's okay?
1: where I thought it was going, because even after she tells her story for Nancy and her two friends, Nancy pulls her aside and is mm-hmm. like, hey, is there anything else that you didn't want to tell me that you just didn't want to mention before that you yeah. didn't want to say in front of other people? And Nikki's just kind of like, no, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad Nancy asked, you know, because right. you, you yeah. wouldn't think to ask and people sometimes need to be asked before they're willing to say it, you know, right,
0: right. So there's like a lot, a lot, a lot of that in this book. And mm-hmm. they don't really talk about it like that explicitly. Like we don't talk about, I mean, like we, we obviously it's very, it's very present in the book, but like we mm-hmm. don't get a lot of discussion about like, oh, that's really Abusive behavior, Charlene. Your boyfriend is terrible. Or, I mean, there is some of that with Dan. Like, we're worried about Dan, or we think Dan might be dangerous, but there's no like, this is something that abusive boyfriends do. (laughs) Here's why you shouldn't get back with him. This is why you should not be alone with him. Like, um, but but yeah, so there's none of that. And so I understand that this book was written in 1989. And so probably prior to a lot of like the social awareness around that kind of thing. But if I were to improve this book, that's what I would put in it. Yes. Yeah. Just, just call it out. Especially like considering that these books are supposed to be for teen girls. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just seems like this is like you're we're literally this is a book. Fourteen girls, about teen girls, about teen girls relationships. Like it seems like there needs to be some kind of responsibility here, like right. about how we're portraying those relationships and what we're saying about them. And while it's definitely comes off as like, this is a bad thing. These are bad guys. We don't get like any kind of education. <laughs> you know what right. I mean?
1: Yeah. Here's why it's bad. Right. Here's how it can end up going wrong for you and right. hurt you.
0: It would just be really great for Nancy as like a mentor, and there are many moments where it's possible for her to do so. To mm-hmm. be like Nikki, this is why I think this is really dangerous, you know, or like mm-hmm. I, you know, this is something that happens, or I've seen this before, or like I had this friend, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that doesn't feel unusual for like the kind of '80s books either. There's a lot of like life lessons built into like books for teens at that time too. So I just, oh yeah, I just think it should happen. Should have. Happened.
1: They're going to have these issues in the story. They need to have Nancy calling them out as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nancy is so big on miss right and wrong. Yeah. That she needs to call, call out
0: this wrong. Right, 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 right. I want to end on like a happier note. I know, I know. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, Bess makes a really great comment about Ned. That I have this theory now that Bess has a crush on Ned. Oh, really? She, it's very early on. It's like on page four. Let's see. Nancy's talking about Ned being thoughtful and sweet. She's like bragging about him. And Bess says, You're so lucky. If only they could clone Ned. Oh yes. Yes, I do remember that. Like Bess, like you wanna you want Ned. Yeah. <laughs> that that's long wow. the long and short of it. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I understand. It's just we're supposed to see Ned as like this ideal boyfriend, which mm-hmm. he's so not. But right. <laughs> we're supposed to see him as the ideal boyfriend, and so that's what Bess is remarking upon. But I just mm-hmm. think, like, hmm, what? A, what an interesting choice of words. You want a Ned clone, Bess? Doesn't that mean you just want Ned? Sounds like it. I think Ned and Bess would be great together, honestly because Bess is like super sensitive. And so Ned doesn't communicate classically. And so, you know, hopefully Bess would one, help him come out of his shell a little bit, get him in touch with his feelings a little bit more Mm -hmm. and also be able to be more sensitive when he doesn't speak up, you know? Whereas Nancy is just not that way. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Um, I don't know if I have anything else to say. Should we talk about our next one then? Okay. All right. Well, we got to give a score. Oh, of
1: course. Of course. Yeah. How many so flashlights? This one?
0: I think I got to give it a five.
1: Really? I think I could give
0: it five out of five flashlights. I just loved reading it so much. And yeah, there's stuff in there that's definitely problematic. There's always going to be problematic stuff in a Needs Drew book. It just seems like we just can't get away from it. Right. I just enjoyed reading it so much. It was so good to read. It was so fun to read. It was it was just great. And, like, the the mystery was, like, compelling. Like, there was confusing stuff in there, clues that didn't add up. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the time it can just be like, oh, we don't know certain information, you know, early on. And it's just, like, adding information, right? Right. But this one is, like, conflicting information. And so that was really interesting to read about and, like, try to figure it out for yourself. And reading all of, you know, obviously all of the sexy scenes was real fun. <laughs> um i just i ought to, i could just give it five out of five flashlights if, for that which just great oh, good
1: i think i'll probably give it a four and a half because yeah. there were those creepy moments but <laughs> it was it was a really good one they deviated from the formula a little mm-hmm. bit in this one. it wasn't as formulaic as some of some of the other books have been as i said they i mean they spoil like chapter 10 or 11 yeah. on the back of the book so of <laughs> course they, they have to break out of that a little bit so there's other surprises that are that are thrown in along the way to keep it interesting it's clever i like the way it was done yeah it was great It was great i love love it so do we want to announce our next one
0: yes all right regular drews so next up we're going to do a little bit of a special episode this is not exactly a nancy drew file however it is published in 1989 um which is the exact same year our previous book was was published so we're going to be reading Drum roll, A Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys super mystery, Shockwaves. Oh, this is our first Hardy Boys introduction. This will right. be the first one that we've read with any Hardy Boys in it. So I'm very excited. So this book is also set in South Padre.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is in Texas, which is where we live. Very so we found to
0: read something in our home state. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I've never been to South Padre, but yeah, it's supposed to be gross.
0: Gross <laughs> spring break location.
1: Right, right, right.
0: I'm excited. I'm so pumped for this. I I just love the idea of the Hardy Boys mm-hmm. being, you know, like these mystery solving crime fighters alongside Nancy. So I'm very, I'm very excited for Nancy to have some fellow industry professionals to speak to. Yes. That is what has really been lacking so far. So I'm just real excited to read that.
1: Love the Hardy Boys. Love the beach. This should be a good one. Mm -hmm. And also because this is our first episode of the month, don't forget to check our social media accounts tomorrow for our September puzzle. So we'll see you then. Yeah,
0: see you then, Regular Drews. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you liked this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at drew and Twitter at regularnd. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $1 level receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks for listening.